Greetings, Force users of all ages, and welcome back to Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast where we get to the guts of what makes Star Wars meaningful to us. As always, I'm Dino Nicandros, and I'm joined by my friends, Alyssa Simmons. Hey, everybody. Daniel Dalen... You are... Dorman? Dalen Dorman? Master Daniel Daniel Dale Daniel Daniel Day Dawson. Lewis. Yes, that's Daniel Day Lewis. I'm Daniel Day Lewis, um, Oscar-winning actor. Glad to be here. <laughs> and today we are beginning our discussion series on the Clone Wars sequel series, The Bad Batch, Woo-hoo! which debuted on Disney Plus on May the fourth. Uh, we've got a jumbo episode jumbo-sized episode for you today. Uh, We're covering both the first and the second episode, episode one being Aftermath, which was directed by Stuart Lee, Saul Ruiz, and Nathaniel Villanueva, and written by Jennifer Corbett and Dave Filoni. Then we have episode two, Cut and Run, directed by Brad Rao and Stuart Lee, and written by Gersimran Sandu and Jennifer Corbett. And by God, we're Star Wars fans. What? (laughs) We're Star Wars fans. For the kids in the back. We're Star Wars fans. I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Star Wars inside the Tauntaun. This is our podcast opening song. Alyssa. Talking about Star Wars, like and subscribe. What? The Bad Batch. The Bad Batch. We are actually a Star Wars podcast. We're back. This is our second episode in a row of Star Wars. I know, this feels feels so wrong. (gasps) But so wow. A triumphant return for Star Wars. So, so glad. So, so glad. little hiatus. I mean, you know, there was no doubt in my mind, like even a little bit, um, that Dave Filoni would land the plane. But man, that was really, really cool. So if you haven't watched yet, I don't know what you're doing here, but uh, first, the first episode <laughs> was 70 minutes long. 70. <gasps> 70. Got that a, was got a huge surprise, surprise to movie. me. Yeah. I thought we were maybe getting like a 45 minute first episode, but 70 Wow. Or, or they were going to do kind of like what they did with like WandaVision and all that stuff where they give us like two episodes in a row kind of thing. But which right. I guess they, that's kind of what this was, but they just decided to not split them up, which I thought was great because it just made it more you yeah. know, cinematic or whatever. It was mm-hmm. Well, and I just right off the bat, some observations. I love how they presented it as a Clone Wars episode. Yes. That was the awesome beginning. with the title. With the red lettering. Mm-hmm. lettering. With, with the title and um, just the narration, and they drop us right in the middle of kind of the, the wind down of the Clone Wars. And it, we are led to believe this is taking place pretty much simultaneously with the final arc of Clone Wars, Siege yeah. of Mandalore, the battle at Coruscant, just after the battle of Coruscant. I love croissants. Mm. Uh, but, then, but then the tone just changes. Very Ooh. rapidly. I love that. It becomes a very different show. And we we, de- we definitely talked about it like the last time 
our our last episode, we said that there that this was very plausibly the the starting point of the show was like right. the whole Order sixty six situation. That was I think a great great. I'm move. so glad they started there because Same. if they if they didn't, we would be like, okay, when are they going to do some flashbacks to show us like yeah, like how did if they, get they to if, there? you know if they had the inhibitor chips, like right. how it affected any of them. Um, and so yeah, I thought it was a, a brilliant way to start out. Yeah, they, they they managed to answer like quite a lot of questions. I was like, going to say right some away. of our larger questions are they're, they're kind of not left ambiguous. We which is so great. Like they were even apparently aware of the chips in their heads. It sounds like um, at least tech knew that there was yeah, some sort yeah, of tech yeah. knew about yeah. them. And uh, an acceptable explanation when they they had their DNA tampered with that it mm-hmm. it erased their original programming. It's like okay, I buy it. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I buy it. Um, just like a couple but, lines, and we're like, "Yeah, great, good." But the the shocking way Order sixty six is um, introduced from another perspective, um, we got a bit of a a retcon mm-hmm. here, a little, just a, a little bit, yeah. It doesn't matter. No, people are already angry about it, but it is so irrelevant. And it's also but such we... a small retcon that I don't understand why people are huffy, but Same. such right. is the such is the Star Wars fan way. Yes. yes, the fandom menace. Nobody hates Star Wars more than Star Wars fans. But we so we we see um Caleb Dune, who we all know grows up who to is be Kanan Jarrus. I love Kanan. And his Jarrus. master Depa Balaba, who we talked about them on our We uh, did last episode, I think. Yeah, we yeah. did. Yeah. So fu- it's funny that here they are. Uh, they, they are fighting with a battalion of clones, and the Bad Batch comes in as reinforcements to make short work of the droids. And then you get the shocking sequence of of Depa Balaba overhearing Palpatine's communication to execute Order 66, and the clones turn on her, and Kanan, or uh, Caleb at this point, has run off with the Bad Batch to, to complete a mission somewhere else on the world and he turns around and she's being assaulted by the clones and you have the revenge of the Sith orchestration, which is stunning heartbreaking oh and oh God, so awful. Sad. And she's screaming for him to run. And the bad batch, they are uh, completely taken by surprise. They don't know what the hell's yes, really, going really on. confused. And w- we get a good insight into Hunter's perspective who, uh, if you'll remember, we explained last week, he's kind of the leader of the group. Uh, Caleb takes off into the trees, running from these clones, and and he knows something is just off Afoot. here. Mm-hmm. So he he runs, he tells the other guys to distract the clones so he can go and, and find Caleb. And uh, he and Caleb confront one another and... Caleb doesn't trust him, of course, because all the clones on the planet are trying to kill them. They just gun down his master, and he he manages to escape. And here is where we kind of see the first big rift uh, that's going to be very central to the show. So mm-hmm. Hunter, who is the – or not Hunter, sorry. Um, uh, cro- uh, uh, cro- yes, thank crosshair. you, Crosshair. Crosshair. Uh, he's the the killer of the group. Or the, or the, let's say the, the most assassino. efficient killer. He's the, the sniper rifle wielding, assassin, uptight assassin of the group. And he is of the mind that they need to be following orders, whatever those orders are. Apparently, his chip is working a little better than the others. Yeah, and yeah. we do come to find out later that his his chip 
is kind of working and he's kind of interrogating hunter about the whereabouts of the jedi and did he let him go and hunter says he's dead in the the river below yeah, them. Yeah, he fell. He fell. Like, why were below. you looking up instead of down then? He's just like, oh, I don't like to watch. <laughs> and, and so they're sprinkling the seeds very early on of of crosshair being a real problem. Yeah, which is such a that that was a cool twist because I I, I was, not was not expecting no. any of the bad bad no, to be on the it, bad side. Like, and it's a cool twist because as the episode progresses, it's not uh, it's not so simple. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's clearly going to be one of the main antagonists, but again, we have a, a case of it's it's not simple because the chip the chip is working right. right. And, yeah, and he's and he's like you know um, apparently not in control of himself fully. Uh, no, yeah. and and he does struggle with with what it means to um, follow one's duty and to follow orders. And, <laughs> duty. Um, and he quite literally has his chip augmented. Right. And yeah. We're skipping all over the place, but but Tarkin, Tarkin makes him into a monster, a, a real problem. Yeah. So the clones they they head back to Camino and or the Bad Batch head back to Camino and they're trying to figure out what the hell is going on and we get a crap ton of information on Camino. Yeah, I, I, so in much. terms of world building and a lot of our assumptions that we made about. Okay, the Empire has taken over. Where mm-hmm. where do the clones fit into this? Because mm-hmm. we know yeah. they eventually become the Stormtrooper Corps. Well, our friend Tarkin shows up. Yeah, like it makes it very clear there are some financial decisions to be made. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which He's... is so good because that's like normally how like, you know, political decisions get made. It, it's yep. all about money, you know? Yep. It's well, all about you're bills. exactly right. And I I mean kind of the history and history nerd in me was thinking about, okay, so Star Wars has always kind of been formatted as the Roman Republic, yep. the Roman Empire, mm-hmm. and then if you look at the sequel trilogy, it's the Dark Ages. Right. right. And what happened when the Republic became the Empire was very similar to what happened in Rome, is that they got very big for their britches, mm-hmm. they expanded very quickly, started cutting costs, you had corruption at the top, right? and it fell apart from within. Right. Mm-hmm. And... Just by Tarkin talking about replacing the finest army that has ever been created with conscript, you know, conscript regulars, and uh, you have the Prime Minister Lama Su of Camino telling him, he's like, "Well, you're not. They're not going to be as efficient." He's like, "Well, let me be the judge of that." I was like, "Well, that's mistake number one." Yeah. And a long line of them that Tarkin makes. And isn't it wonderful? Like I don't like already. It feels like Filoni is planting the seeds of why the troopers in the original series are like not good shots. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like it's because they're cheap. They're just cheap labor, and they well, all they're, suck. Yeah, they're, they're 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 poor shots, and their armor sucks. Right. I mean, right. like they cut costs for the, for the sake place. of volume mm-hmm. they cut quantity or yeah. qu- uh, quality rather so all all of this is just just great world building you yes. know um and uh so we we then encounter well let me back up so they show up oh yeah right when they very show soon up, after they, they have a meeting yeah, yeah. i was going to say like just just when they get there um we see like um, a dead body covered with a sheet yes. that, like, holding a lightsaber. And the saber, like, like falls yikes. out. And, oh, my God. 
some some have speculated that Shakti, who gets mm. who gets uh, who gets offed uh, around the time of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I I didn't uh, do is. too much of a deep dive, but I was like, I should go back and uh, pa- pause on that saber at least and try to yeah. zoom and enhance, see if we can get any more details about who, just who that might be. Yeah. Just spooky, and then just the, the the backdrop of Camino kind of being a stormy planet. You have your mm-hmm. thunder in the back. It's just it's all very unsettling. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. yeah. And the clones that we grew to to love over seven series of or seven uh, seasons of the Clone Wars are now immediately uh, like... on a dime are mm-hmm. are the worst. Yeah. Wow. Um, so a big meeting is being held about the state of the Republic. So the Bad Batch shows up, and we are dropped right in the middle of a company meeting. Emperor Palpatine's address to the Senate. Uh, Familiar, great touch, by the way, uh, having the original dialogue, the original audio from Revenge of the Sith. It's really cool. I, I was gonna say too, like, um, kind of like this new book series. Well, like all the new books, apparently, how they're sort of all revolving around this one particular event, this this disaster, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, that like these these series are all kind of very much based around Order, right. Order sixty six and just like how it affected all these different people. I love we've seen right. it from how many angles now, like four or five different angles. Like, yeah, I, I love yeah. that. I think it's so cool. And so we have we have this announcement from Palpatine that the Republic's being reorganized, and it's kind of frightening. But the clones celebrate. Yeah. Like they they are like fully programmed. Like they are they are in on this. Yeah, Bad and I think like I think like Tech like says something like, eye. yeah, Tech says something like, well, if you don't think they've all changed now, like look around or something. <laughs> yeah, and they're always like, the yeah. chip is working. <laughs> well, well, yeah, and and to your point, Alyssa, like they they have a great conversation in the hallway afterwards where Crosshair and Tech are kind of bantering back and forth, <clears> and it's like I don't get it. We're so or uh, Hunters like I don't get it. We're soldiers of the Republic. Crosshair's like Republic Empire. What's the what's difference? What's the difference? And, yeah. And Tech sure. says, "Well, the elimination of the Jedi seems to be like a a big old pretty, difference. <laughs> pretty big thing. <laughs> yeah. We just killed ev- we just killed all of our generals. So that kind of seems like a big uh-huh. thing. The the Emperor's claiming treason. And it's like, yeah, we're just yeah. And like, if like one, if like a you know a handful commits treason, does that mean all of them need to die? Like right. that seems a little weird. Yeah. So something's not sitting right. Um, an evil plot. This is where we get introduced to. The Omega. conundrum of the season, Omega. Omega. Yeah, yeah Omega. It, that's spelled O R E E or Omega. It's Omega. It's Omega. Yeah, it's Omega. <laughs> that voice. It's a pleasure to meet meet, meet you. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, it's a. It's a pleasure. A pleasure it, to meet you. <laughs> oh. uh, the great uh the great conundrum of, of this this series so far. And, oh, by yeah. the way, she's she's voiced by Michelle Ang. Oh, okay. Uh actress on Fear the Walking Dead, The Twilight Zone, yes. and Xena Warrior Princess. So she's done right some off cool the bat stuff. We we've uh we've speculated and and Daniel, I think it was you who noted in our last episode the Australian accent. So, or was that? Or well, I know that we at least tested about it. Accent, yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, because that's very specific. I mean, very specific. Like yep. you know, it, it's it's leading us to believe she's a clone. Yes. Yeah. And or at least partially. Well, but a lot of the speculation is she is a clone of Jango Fett. Right. So. I, so I guess one, what I meant was at least at least partially. Yeah. yeah. So so number one, how? Right. Mm-hmm. Because up to this point, we haven't seen any other you know any female clones. Right. So that's an interesting development. What a twist! She's also like—is that part of her like genetic mutation? Is, right. Is it what like, are you so, saying, Daniel? So so the the women yeah, are are mutants. Women were a mistake, and everyone knows it. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> wow! 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 So, stay tuned for our next series of yeah. episodes where we talk about the great mistake. <laughs> Yikes! Um, and there went all of our so, female listeners. <laughs> so I think I think a good working theory for now is writing her name Omega. Mm. No, no. She's the Ormiga. last of something. Ormega. 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 <laughs> no, no. Ormega. 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 We say this with all, we say this with love. Oh, yeah. No, her, and, and her accent is actually brilliant. It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that is her accent. Yeah. That's the way <laughs> yeah, she talks. Right. I mean, it's not it an is accent. her accent. It's not an accent for her. You do your accent so well, <laughs> Michelle. Wow, thank you. Um, no wonder it sounds so good. But I think I think the clues are in her name, Omega, being the last of something. Alpha being the first, mm-hmm, Omega being mm-hmm. the last. Right. Is and she the last enhanced clone? Yes. At least that's what they're – I thought that that's sort of what, what – um, oh, gosh, what's her name from, you know, the, the clone, the medical – the Kaminoans? Yes. Yep. Like, she sort of made that, like, she was like, yeah, she's the last of the uh, enhanced ones. Well, and there's there's several, there's several there's other, uh, yeah, other discussions about later how on. Mm-hmm. the Kaminoans don't make something without a purpose. Right. The, yes. The conversation with Cut, where he's yeah. like, right, right, right. You know, all of two. you were genetic mutations for, for a purpose. Right. So what, what do you think hers is? So- I I I have three running theories, um, and you you guys might have similar like. Can't wait I, to sh- what, I can't wait to Mephisto. I can't wait to yeah. shut them all down. One of them is Mephisto. Yeah. Okay. So actually, that was one point five. If you rearrange, hey, if you rare, if you rearrange, Omega, Omega, you, you it's it spells Mephisto, <laughs> but only in the Australian lettering. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. Um, <laughs> when well, okay, Mephisto the, shows up, it's going to be such a buzzkill uh, <laughs> in, in, in Marvel. No, no, sorry, we're going back to Marvel, boo. but like, he's going to show up and no one's going to take him seriously. No, no, yeah, we can't literally. even mention it. We can't even mention if he shows up because no. <laughs> it'll be such a like, whomp, whomp, We're whomp, just going to ignore uh, it. Yeah. We'll laugh out loud when we see Doctor Strange in 2022. Literally. He's in it. Oh, my God. All right, go um, ahead with your anyway, theories. So go for it. You have so, three theories. Okay. You have five seconds. Go. Um, no, I was going to say that uh, the, the first of which is probably the most obvious is that, like, she's been augmented to somehow contain all of the Bad Batch's mutations. So she's just good at all of the things. Okay. Um, I At least I think that's the most likely. Um, just the fact, that, like, because the hint that we got when she, like, picked up the gun and shot Crosshair's gun out of his hand, like... A, a shot that only Crosshair probably could have made possible. Um, and then uh, the other is that maybe she might be Force-sensitive, question mark, um, which would be interesting. Um, 
and okay, and this is where we get into Meph- Mephisto territory. <laughs> You're gonna say Palpatine clone, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah no, we're not, we're not, I'm now Daniel, here's the I thing. I respect your opinions. We're not going there. Here's the thing. It's just her hair no. is. It's no. funny. It's 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 no. shaped a we, little we, bit. I, I will not let you go down this path. You're Anakin. You're breaking my heart. <laughs> you're going down a path I can't follow. <laughs> well, yeah. I won't I'm let. You, I won't let you do it. That, that you know. He he's he's clearly been working on it. You know what I mean? Like he 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 knows. You guys are no. literally they're just they're just nodding. I their can't. Head I no will. Right I now. cannot. Will not. Accept. <laughs> I read too much little... about that <laughs> to to even allow it. But no, thanks for the, playing. But thanks for I, playing. Yeah, yeah. I definitely definitely prefaced it by that was the least likely. Yes, and by a country mile. <laughs> but you know, again, we like to throw everything at the wall. We do. We do. We're, we're only giving Daniel a hard time. But because no, then we really I can are say, see, I said it, and I was right, even though right. I literally said right. all we're, of the possibilities. And we you know say what? Everything and then um, or Armiga could be potentially anything. And then I'm going to say I'm right because I said right. she was anything. So wow. if I may. Incredible. <laughs> incredible. Very credible. Um, Very credible. I'm leaning. I am leaning force sensitive. Yeah. Yeah. That's believable. Which to me. would maybe explain. Not only, I mean, doesn't necessarily explain the gender difference, but it does explain kind of the very stark difference between her and any clones we've seen before. There's also some oh. allusions to her ability to go kind of beyond empathy and to mm. uh, maybe see to, the future to understand what's happening. And I'm thinking about her specific moment with Crosshair. Correct. Yeah, where, where she's like, he's he's yes. clearly wrestling literally with his chip and mm-hmm. she's like i know what you're gonna do but please yeah. don't do it and this is a little right. kid it's not gonna be your fault this this like, is wise beyond her years but but you know is it is it um yeah i mean it, it it almost i mean it could be just like that she's so empathetic that she you know feels his feelings and a lot of that but it and, could also um, mean that she like knows literally what she's about to do because she's looking into his future as of like what yoda would do you know right yeah i didn't i didn't go there automatically but that is an interesting idea i kind of i kind of actually am leaning a little bit towards daniel's first theory which is that she's like this amplified version of all of them yeah because hunter has that sort of like um instinctual like like a hunter you know yeah, yeah, yeah. but yeah. like you know he he knows that they're being followed like 30 seconds before you know like he's very very intuitive attuned so um that's that's probably the yeah. most believable you know and, and but probably i like the, the idea i like the idea of her being force sensitive that's that's cool it just it uh, it it kind of opens the door into the conspiracy theory daniel mentioned without actually walking through that door so right. like the yeah, camino right, right. yeah were either it's com- like that light version like the camino a, a were version. commissioned to explore uh cloning a force sensitive individual or crossbreeding a force sense mm-hmm, uh, force sensitive mm-hmm, individual mm-hmm. with yeah, something I guess- else and like potentially like like you know introducing a high midian chlor uh, chlorian count into a clone and yeah. see what that similar is. to what we where you know some story storylines of Mandalorian exactly season, mm-hmm. season three that, right. that's kind of where so. I was going with that is that yeah 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 Filoni verse we're uh-huh. you know, we're kind of establishing on the fringes the 
the idea of cloning people like this, which eventually, if if they do decide to go all the way, does tie it to Rise of Skywalker and yeah, what Palpatine yeah. was doing. Totally. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I like both of them. I think they're both plausible, and they, they would both would be hyper-interesting. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think yeah. it is settled that she is the last of them. So I think so too. Yeah. Uh, or at least if they, if they, if she wasn't, that would be kind of like you know the la- like the 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 title of the last Jedi. It's like well, right. she was, you know, he wasn't the last Jedi. She was, and I don't know. Right, the the, the last one, but also the start of something. You know, I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, we see the Bad Batch get put through some training exercises by Tarkin to. Really, really demonstrate cool their demonstrate necessity to the empire. Basically, do we right? Do we need to continue show your to worst? And long and short, they prove themselves with all sorts of outlandish tactics that catch Tarkin's yeah attention. He likes them, but he also is like they don't follow orders at all. Fully so erect at this point. Yeah. So he As gives one, he gives him a little be. mission. To... Oh wait! Before that, though, actually, I was gonna say that they—he's just like, oh, turn up, let's 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 amp this up a little bit, and he turns the the non-lethal damage to lethal damage. Right, right. They get put and, in real trouble. Um, and then we get to see these these um, these uh, droids that kind of come out of the ground that I thought kind of looked very similar, like maybe like a prototype version of the uh, dark troopers. Is that what they're called? Yeah, a little bit. There was a little uh, bit. There was a a wee bit of a resemblance. Kind of, sort of. That at least that's where my mind went first. Not a bad nod. I mean, there. No. There's a lot of aesthetic nods to to Mandalorian. So yes, that's hella aesthetic. Yeah, I buy Mm -hmm. that. Uh, Also, like they, you have to be looking really closely, but in the background you see some some clones working on e-web cannons, which they made such a big deal out of in the the last episode of uh, season one of Mandalorian when Gideon shows up and they have the E-Web right, cannon. Right. And, oh, right. Like, uh-huh. Machine guns, essentially. Um, Just trying to make sure that they're like, yes, they do exist in this universe. Right. right. <laughs> um, Tarkin wants to test them out in the field. So he gives them a mission to go and knock off some separatist uh, sympathizers, some agitators, and the, Liar. the gang thinks this is a pretty cut and dry mission. Go take out some separatist remnants, bring peace Pants to the galaxy. On fire. Fast forward, fast forward, fast forward. They show up. They uh, quickly realize these are not. The number one, they're not for. droids. I think they were expecting mm-hmm. battle they droids. They were expecting droids. So these they see the human beings. For. And and children and children that and that's the shocking revelation is that these this looks more like a camp of people who are just refugees on the run. And Crosshair is quickly like, we have a mission. We were, it, we, you know, they never said anything about droids. It's like we gotta kill the separatists. Gotta murder all the people here. Gotta do it. Uh, they get jumped by members of this party, and they Hunter kind of allows them to be taken captive so as to to kind of figure out what's going on enter saw Gerrera. there he, there hey. he is young saw Gerrera. what a great backstory for him a soldier of the republic dope and uh now helping all of these displaced people right that are you know well it's just such a great arc for him yes like it's um uh 
so th- so chronologically, this is our first introduction to him. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, cool. no, no. Didn't we see him? I thought him... we did see him in Clone Wars. No. We saw him. Oh no, Clone Wars. I okay. I thought okay. I that's why I was like I think that there might Clone have been, Wars but... first appearance, uh, 2012, a war on two fronts. Oh episode. oh 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 on um, Onderon. We saw him. Yes. We saw. Yes. That's right. That's because that's where he's from. He they yep. they fought yep, off the yep, separatists yep. on Onderon. Yep, mm-hmm. yep 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 yep. That's it. That's it. I remember. Okay. And uh... all right. Well, thanks for working through that with us, gang. Yeah, that was so, special. So now don't leave it in the comments. Don't, yes, don't dare. Touch the comments. <laughs> um, so Saw Guerrero, we get his side of the story. He kind of appeals to them to be like, you want to do the right thing? Do you guys want to do the right thing? Yeah, I loved that. His mm-hmm. um, his like crew was like, so what do we what do we do with them? He's like, well, they get to they get to kind of choose what side of history they'll be on. So and then that, yeah, that a bold, bold move because they don't know if they're like you know what side they're on i mean or or maybe just like really cocky too because maybe he's like oh yeah i could take these guys on i don't even you know because I'm, I'm curious if they did decide to you know lay waste <laughs> to these people if they would have fought back and done well enough they go back to camino and they are uh Kaminari? they are rounded up Indeed. Because they they go back to Camino because they're they, like, they were watched by uh, Tarkin. He sent a probe, and they're worried about Armiga. And Tarkin became aware that they indeed did not do their job. But he notes that Crosshair did his, yeah, or at, at least, least at least back. was on the side of of getting yeah, the job and, done. Uh, Armiga <laughs> warns Thank you for them. It correctly. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, warns Hunter before. Yeah. They leave the first yeah. time, and right. it's like, "Hey, I, yeah, that Tarkin guy <laughs> has it out for you all. He's... He doesn't like clones, and something bad is something bad is going to happen." So, so they get they get locked up. Ormega, thank you. It's <laughs> kind of become a member of the group by yeah. default, and she helps Hunter kind of devise a strategy to get out of this. Uh, conundrum and because she's very smart she's very smart and so they're able to break out using wreckers strength and the it's it's old technology it's not even meant to be used as a prison so they're able to get out pretty easily whoops and meanwhile uh crosshair is getting zapped he's having his brain zapped and his chip he's getting more enhanced and he is now a killer for the empire and uh, as as the team tries to escape, and Omega is coming with them, um, Crosshair tries to stop them in the hangar. And uh, that the civil war between that young or between that group has begun, and kind of runs parallel to the civil war we are now uh, watching uh, unfold on a galactic level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Is it, it's really made me think about like where, like wh- uh, what is going to be the <sighs> ending of this show? Oh, bless, bless you. you. Oh. My goodness. May the force be with you. So much blood. Um, <laughs> oh, God. Uh, yeah, like, just what, what the end game of the show is going to be. And also, maybe just the end game of that, of Crosshair in general. Like, it feels like, you know, do, do, does this team have to 
die or disappear, like, in order to be, like, canon with the rest of the story. Like, you know, um, I'm very curious about where they end up. They don't have Um, to. They just, again, they have to kind of go a Mandalorian route where they were off doing this, this, and this while this, this, and this was happening, and there was no mention of them Like Ahsoka was busy, right. She was so busy. Well, and they're kind of, kind of laying that groundwork too with uh, what what happens next when they go um, visit their their friend who's in who's in hiding. Cut. Right. Cut, cut in oh yeah, we're getting into the second episode now. Um, but yeah, the sort of like the you know you can still have a very full life, but you kind of have to disappear. Right. Right. Yeah, I'm I'm curious too whether or not the, I mean it. They probably will. I mean, since I, it feels like I mean, know we're kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but it feels like the their next trajectory early soon will be to find Rex. Um, it's because they're like right. basically right on his tail because they they went to this mm-hmm. this you know to visit this guy and like he's like oh yeah Rex was just here like yesterday. <laughs> yeah, like, just oh, we missed just him. missed him. Yeah, <laughs> so I feel like they're kind of like right on his tail. They're gonna meet up with him. They're gonna maybe tell him like about the inhibitor chip, and they're like oh my god, that's what's wrong with our friend Crosshair. And then, like, you know, inevitably they find a way to, you know, turn him back. Maybe it's either that or he has to die, I guess. One of the two, right. which I, 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 but I feel like for the, in terms of a, a cute animated show, I don't know if they'll go that dark. But I mean, that, you know, um, Clone Wars definitely went like super dark at moments. Yeah, so final it's, season was like, whoa. It's anybody's guess, like, how this will end up. Um, so they are they do manage to escape and Omega goes with them. And right. you get to this great moment right at the end of the episode and, and you get one at the beginning of the second episode that really reminded me of Ray. Mm. And Ray. it's the childlike wonder of Yeah of, of anything and everything outside of what she's known. Mm-hmm. And so she's sitting there in the cockpit and they're about to go to hyperspace or uh, yeah. light speed and and she, her, her eyes just get huge as she watches oh, this happen. And I, it's because I'm reading. We're all reading um, Light of the Jedi right now. And there's actually yeah. a passage in there if you're reading along with us that uh, Avar Chris describes what hyperspace actually is, what light speed is, because mm. it's still re- mm-hmm. a relatively new concept at that time. And that it's basically a when you're we're traveling through light speed, you're traveling in your own different form of reality, a, 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 a hole in space and time. And everything that happens within light speed is different than what's happening outside. And and she and she even says in the book that now that I've thought about it that way, that's exactly what I think about every time I go to light speed. It's a phenomenon. Like it's mm. it's not just a means of travel. You're literally in slip space and. And I don't know why that moment really. Well, it's very poetic. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it it hit home and that Omega is entering a whole new universe, jumping to light mm-hmm. speed. So that was a really cool way to end the episode. Yeah. And it's kind of, <laughs> it, yeah, like just like Ray. It's funny that you brought that up because I think I just saw a really great TikTok, which I think it was just a recording of like a sort of behind the scenes footage of her doing like oh my god I've never seen so much green before yeah. you know or in, <laughs> but like but, sorry is that what she said like in, yeah I've never she, seen so much green yes and then but she's looking out the window but it's literally a green screen <laughs> <laughs> I love it well and then Very there's the moment funny. there's the moment in Last Jedi when she's when they had landed on Octo and she 
it's raining and she i don't think she's ever seen rain and she sticks her hand out and just like little yeah like cute stuff like that like of course well of course stuff we take for granted Mm -hmm. uh omega's was grown she's she's never been off camino she's never been off camino she's never handled a blaster like there's a lot of things she just has never done dirt which adds some interesting dirt yeah (laughs) <laughs> that's the beginning of episode two is she gets off and starts playing with dirt she doesn't even know what to call it so she's become like our little force sensitive Olaf <laughs> so I don't know that's like an interesting uh, that's an interesting way to set her up and a really cool way to up the stakes kind of automatically is that everything is large yeah. stakes to her yeah, yeah totally and you see it in episode two so they land on uh, Seleucami which is a planet You'd be familiar with from the Clone Wars, big battles fought there. The Bad Batch are in search of uh, a couple of friends. Friend. Uh, Cut and his wife Sue. And if you're hence the name of the 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 episode, Cut and Run. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so clever. Well done. <laughs> they did it. They fucking did it. So Cut Lockwain. If you'll remember, I think it was season uh, season two of Clone Wars mm-hmm. is when we correct. first see him. He it's not long after the like the Battle of Geonosis, and he deserts the Republic Army and just throws a bunch of cake at him and <laughs> and Rex. <laughs> I'm deserting pies. you. Take yeah, yeah. <laughs> pies, crumbles, <laughs> all of it. <Tarts>. Pudding. <sighs> I hate you. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All of me. Um, but he deserted, and Rex and he were originally adversarial, and Rex called him out and said, you're a traitor and whatnot, but he cut ends up helping them fight off the Separatists and proves his worth, and he's allowed to live quietly with his wife and his kids. So the bad Adopted batch, kids, right? What? Aren't they? They're adopted? Right. Yeah. Right. The so interspecies marriage. Oh, my God. My God. God. <laughs> so the Bad Batch show up on Seleucami, and they, they run into them. And as as you pointed out, Daniel, uh, we find out not long after they've met that Rex had just passed through and was kind of explaining what happened, like with the chip and the, and all of that. And we find out the Bad Batch is actually really close with Cut. We know this because the kids call Wrecker, Uncle Wrecker. I mean, it's kind of a Uncle really s- sweet relationship. and Very cute. This, but yeah, Rex basically came through to like I, I assume basically to to warn him like, hey, you guys got to get out of Dodge because like they're coming for this you. This is yeah. getting real spooky. Yeah. yeah, and it's happening fast. And this mm-hmm. episode, because like Order sixty six basically happened like the day before. Yeah, several so, days, and they're already like coming in to be like, like hey, the, we're gonna change the currency. We're also gonna like make sure that you guys all have like chain barcodes codes stamped so, on you. So this was big on this episode. While it was much quieter, was very big on world building, and they introduced for the second time the concept of chain codes, which gets introduced yeah. in Mandalorian by yeah. Boba Fett, yep. and or so well, bounty great. hunters use use. Uh, chain codes as a means of identification also kind of a diary like a digital diary you know keeping track of of things so it's basically a space id card and the empire is issuing all of these uh exchanging currency like the empire was ready to roll on day one yes yeah, they had this figured uh-huh. out ducks in a roar so this episode actually kind of has two functions one it's to kind of show Omega, what having a family is like, 
Mm-hmm. She's yeah. really sweet and endearing and kind of puts a contrast to the life she would have with the Bad Batch. Right. And it, it puts the decision before her, quite literally, what do, what do I want more, you know, familial stability or, you know, the people I, I think I relate to the most but are far her more dangerous family. and right. unsettled and all of that. So she has to deal with that. And then kind of in the background, as far as world building goes, this episode felt a lot like... To me, anyway, the like the first half hour of Solo when when they're trying mm. to get off Corellia. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, totally. Where Hana and Kira are trying to get off Corellia and trying to buy their way off. Yeah, and much of the episode is is Cut and his family and Bad Batch trying to get them falsified chain codes to get them off to get them onto a transport that's leaving because the Empire is shutting down travel. Um, and it, yeah, it just felt like that. Just kind of the this. This air of of dread and tension and almost being caught and if we're gonna go historical again, a kind of a you know Jews Holocaust sort of yeah, hundred percent yeah, yeah getting, like not going all the getting... way there. This was not like the Holocaust. I'm not saying no, that. but like either they maybe it's time to leave Europe because yeah, things some, are something fuzzy. changed because mm-hmm. the Germans are now the going idea like of on refugees all the trains and, and being like where are you going? Where right. did you just come from? And yeah. there's a line. Um, that actually that really <laughs> illustrates that that oh well right I think I think it was it was tech who notes to think for all these years as clones we worked so hard to differentiate ourselves from the system we were created from and look at all these people lining up to get a number yeah like, he says something like it's brilliant that they, I mean they, it's profound yeah. yeah I mean look how look how p- eager people are to line up to get a number and we've spent our entire lives trying to just have a name fighting for the opposite of that Mm -hmm. Ooh, that yeah lots of lots of uh lines in this episode about um the war is over but it doesn't feel we've only just like that um and then kind of to have that in yes a a war ended um to have that in uh you know opposition to dealing you know dealing with omega and you know hunter kind of realizing that maybe they don't have what she needs right um so that was interesting and sad (laughs) yeah and also really cool that like that he's like aware of that you know and taking her feelings into account and that, that yeah. shows a lot about it. Like this, a... this episode in particular was very, it wasn't like necessarily moving the plot forward. It was a lot of really good world and yep. character building. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It was it just seeing seeing that, he, you know, they're not just like these, uh, uh, these <laughs> really good assassin-like problem solvers. They're also yeah. like, they have feelings. and, and Which I think are... is necessary too, because for a lot of people that, you know, heard that this spinoff was was happening or sequel, whatever you want to call it. Um, they're like, oh, how can you sustain a whole entire storyline off of just kind of like pew 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 pew? Yeah, like right, you know, right. really really good defect soldiers. Like right, like, yeah. You've got to you've got to humanize them, and uh, obviously, relationships with kids uh, yeah. is is a big thing. And you know, Hunter dealing with, I mean, he let Caleb go and you know, lied to 
to the rest of his crew about him getting away, but he wasn't really able to like save him. So I think right. that like that's another reason that he feels responsible for Omega's safety and well being. He's like Well and, and she's a- and she's one of us too. He's like, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. she's she's a clone and she doesn't fit in anywhere. We we're the same the in that way. So. Well, and that's a really good point, Alyssa, about like uh, I- introducing the elements of family and unpacking emotional baggage into something like this. And not to go Marvel again, but I do think it's an interesting parallel. When when you have these superheroes, people mm-hmm. who are seemingly invincible or almost invincible. The only way you can really knock them down to size is by giving them a moral compass. Mm -hmm. And that moral compass is often the thing that holds them in check. Or if somebody threatens a loved one or... Their morals. uh, Yeah, you want want to knock someone like that down to size, someone with morals down to size, you take things from them and and try and make them break their, their rules. And... I think that'll like be an interesting struggle. If you don't do this, struggle. I'm going to kill your mother. Dun, dun, dun. I mean, that'll be an interesting struggle as the series progresses. Like how how often Omega is put into danger, and what are they willing to do to protect her? And yeah, and really, before right before right up until the last few seconds of this episode, it's Hunter's realization that she needs to stay with with cut and sue and and their family because i'm not cut out to be de facto dad none of us are we are just yeah sue has sue has some really great moments with him uh omega gets herself into a predicament and you know sue says you know kids always get themselves into situations and into places that you don't want them to be Right. right and being a parent is about figuring out how to do that and there's there's also a really sweet moment in this episode with um hunter uh you know kind of reprimanding omega for for putting herself in danger and you could have gotten yourself killed and cut is like she's not a soldier you have you need to child and so (laughs) she just learned how to play catch for god's sake like she didn't (laughs) exactly (laughs) and cut just learned what dirt is cut gets down on her level and says like you know are you okay and you're safe now that's the that's the only important thing and yeah uh yeah just really sweet i i love um i love when star wars explores these kind of relationships we we see that a lot in in rebels with Kanan and Ezra, and obviously with any other, you know, master and Padawan relationship. Right. But this is this is a different different kind of relationship, like familial relationship that I don't think Star Wars has explored yeah, that a, much. It's a bunch of broken uncles, and yeah, and mm-hmm. they're this this kid like this, and they're all they're all outcasts. They're you know, yeah. and I think that's what's gonna ultimately keep them together is that they know about as much as Omega does at this point about how to survive mm-hmm. in this galaxy because it's completely changed everything changed right. overnight and I think it's really sweet on that that same line of thought when um, she goes and sits in the cockpit by herself and she's crying and for, for being so young and really so naive she's also very emotionally into she I mean she's like self-aware she knows what she doesn't know, if that makes any sense. Like, yeah. There's so there's way too much I don't I like I feel so lost. I feel like I, I you know already screwed up so much. I've I'm a burden. And that's too much for a, a kid to bear. And that's a lot. Yeah. So that's 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 a 
that's an interesting amount of stakes for mm-hmm. for her. I think she's re- she's really really fascinating. Um, Star Wars means family. Yeah, um, I read an interesting article on Entertainment Weekly with um, Jennifer Corbett and uh, Brad Rao, hmm. just talking about the first episode in particular, and and they're just like tickled pink with how fascinated people are with with Omega, and how much they're like you know thinking about who she is and what you know what her abilities are and all that kind of stuff. Um, they asked them, "Are we going to see Caleb again in this series?" And uh, Jennifer says, I mean, you never know. It's a big <laughs> galaxy. So I'm sure some people they'll cross paths, cross paths with some they won't. But yeah, you never know. And Brad Rao says, I can't say too much about it, but I will say that we don't run uh, that we don't run across familiar faces every single episode, every single time. But when we do, we want to make sure that it's worth it. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and I like that because you know we've talked about this in in Star Wars world and Marvel Marvel world. Like if you cram too many things in, it, it sort of it lessens busy. it lessens the experience of well, what, you're, yeah. the what you're dealing with. Yeah, I right mean, it's, there. Uh, the galaxy. This isn't will like New York, where like you're just walking down the street and you happen to <laughs> no, see like no, a, no, yeah. no. <laughs> the galaxy get, will get too small. Of course, all of these people don't intersect, and it's. I mean, yeah, that that was very well stated. Like when they do cross paths, in the rare times it happens, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. it will be earned and it will be justified, and yeah. Like but I, yeah, if they if they brought back, um, if they brought back Kanan, like I I you know I I wouldn't be surprised. But also, if they didn't, I would you know that would also make sense. No, it's just not to super kind of, necessary because we know yeah. what. Because know knowing where knowing goes. where he ends up, and oh, and also too, I think it's really great because I, I I already you know the Star Wars nerds very very fast. Somebody has already edited, um, Kanan's Rebels scene where he's talking about what happened. Um, he's like talking to Ezra about what happened in Order sixty six, mm-hmm. and like somebody has edited like back to back of like what actually happened mm. in this episode or in the first mm-hmm. episode mm-hmm. of Bad Batch and that like little monologue and it's like basically the same thing she's like he told me to run and it was very very emotionally moving uh so uh, we we end that episode with with cut and sue being able to to get their family on board and the bad batch uh zooming off zooming off next location uh presumably they'll run into rex Rex sooner Mm -hmm. than later i don't know when that will be but um well see me this 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 it doesn't feel like they're wasting too much time with this show so so uh yeah so anyone's guess what what happens next and i love that yeah same very very cool this show has already taken me by surprise the animation um, oh we haven't even talked about uh oh the oh quality. boy it's beautiful i mean they've come so far they they have knocked it out of the park i i i'm struggling to come up with i i think one of the biggest differences i've noticed is is the upgraded lighting the ability mm. to use lighting yeah. and w- yeah, whether the it's, it's them the... looking at like a data pad and having the light reflection right, right. or just the way no, you... that that's a big deal. And it's a lot of that is also just computer technology that is like uh, <laughs> graphics card processors are much stronger these days. Like, yeah, they could do really cool stuff with lighting. Well, that, and just resu- uh, lighting I mean, is everything. Well, and just honestly. resolution in general upgrades and re- yeah. resolution. And I, I mean, I compare everything to the first either the Clone Wars movie or the first season of Clone Wars. And that was 
13 years ago and we we're now in 4k and 8k and Mm -hmm. everything is processed at light speed and the textures and textures um, i mean i want to go down the art department's roster of people and and give them all a a handshake is that the matte paintings and the it's just so much more vivid and i i i liken it even though it's separate technology but i liken it to a an open world video game that Mm-hmm. Uh, functions at such high performance that there's no drop in frame rate. No. Yeah. It's, sure. It's it's just smooth and very smooth. Yeah. Faces are so emotive and. But and, still very true to the the style. Yes. Like even though like we've we've sort of um, you know, uh, progressively gotten more enhanced graphics, if you want to say, um, over the years, like the. The general movement of the show, like the way the characters move, um, that that that's sort of, sort of style is sort of maintained. Um, yeah, so it, it, there's nothing there's nothing jarring about it. It's all been very gradual, like really amazing improvements. Um, I will say Andre Kirk, who has worked on, uh, he was in the art department for uh, Clone Wars and Rebels. He's the serving as the art director on this one. So cool. yeah, it's very oh, much nice. in the family and. Uh, Another you. thing I was gonna say too is that the each each frame now too feels a little more um, artful. Like you could you could take like still shots and and turn them into like a wall painting if you wanted it. You know. Yeah, it just was a little. Uh, the earlier seasons of Clone Wars are a little clunky. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Well, it's, and it's, you it's know what was and... uh, now that I think about it, I'm thinking back to the. Um... I'm thinking back to... We know to, he wasn't thinking before at all. Well, no, I'm thinking back to the kind of the intros for the episodes and how they showed the animated versions of what happened in Revenge of the Sith. Like like uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan springing Chancellor Palpatine was frame-for-frame frame reproduction of oh, the film. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. And you saw Grievous fleeing to Utapau and give us an animated version of that movie now. Yeah, oh. I would watch it. I, I would, would watch it. If those ten seconds were anything, are you kidding me? Like, and I've seen like the the frame for frame side by side comparisons, and it is unbelievable. Yeah, it's so cool. This is this is also giving. I mean, we we still have the Star Wars anime series or whatever that's coming out. Like, um, that makes Visions? me so excited. Is that, for is that? that is that Visions? I think Star Wars Visions. That sounds right. Yeah, I think so. But yeah, that shit's gonna be lit. Uh, yeah, I, it's breathtaking to look at. Find a large TV if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With some surround sound, cause that shit was in some Dolby. It was good. Uh, Dolby Atmos. <laughs> with Omega, see Omega in full Or. Oh God. Well, that was the first two episodes of the Bad Batch. Yeah. That um, was it. Yeah, I'm excited. So much to do, so much to see. <laughs> <laughs> sorry about that. I'm so That's sorry. That's Smash Mouth. Yeah, here. speaking closing of Smashing out, Mouths, out the... <laughs> this episode has been brought to you by Smash Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> brought to you by Nostalgia. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, we hope that you will continue to to join us on our our weekly. Recap, convo, deep dive into the Bad Batch. Won't you? We hope you will. 
And uh, thanks for being with us. This is Inside the Tauntaun, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Alyssa Simmons. And I'm Daniel Dawson. And I'm Dinona Kendros. May the Force be with you. Always. Always.